Previously on Many Realms, the many merchants of Maloon. Tensions rise as the party enters the Great Swamp, with the intimidating terrain finally setting fire to the embers of conflict that had been smoldering since the party departed Soleil. With the first leg of the journey through the swamp completed, a weary caravan sets up camp to prepare for the latter half of the trial. The Night's Watch reveals a new and familiar friend in the form of Keel, the Dragonborn. Hi, I'm Eli. I play Jolie the Cleric, and it's good to be here. Hi, I'm Jory. I play Zeke the Fighter, and it's good to be here. Hi, my name's Jesse. I play Sylvie the Swamp Rogue, who does not want to be in the swamp anymore, and it's good to be here. Hello, Rowlers. It is I, Jordan the DM, and it is good to be here. Welcome to many realms. It's morning. Presumably everyone's going to get all packed up. Any business before you guys head right back out? It's like first light. Just one little thing um, that I wanted to ask Chorley about last time, but then we were mostly attacked by toads. Chorley? Yes? Uh, I know you're um, really knowledgeable about... uh, Plants, like everything growing in nature, I, I don't really have a, an eye for that kind of stuff. But Marlin had asked me to help him track down something called uh, Jacqueline root. Hmm. Would you happen to know if that uh, grows around here or what I could be looking out for or, or if you've seen it? Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with Jacqueline. Um it's been a long time since I've seen any. Hmm. Um. One moment. She goes back to her caravan. You hear like this light bickering. If you want to come closer, you can hear this. Loves to gossip. Yep. Okay. So you creep closer and you hear her in an argument. And the argument does sound like, no, I know, but it's for, it's for a good reason. And then like, I know, I know, I know. I'll get you a different one. I'll get you a different one. Look, look, Plumy, look. Look, this is yours. Okay, this is how it has to be. Oh my God. We're going to talk about this later. She comes out in a little bit of a huff and she goes, oh, ah, hey, um, did someone order one Jacqueline? Oh, uh, thank you, Charlie, so much. That's wonderful. You just had it sitting around. Yeah. Sitting around. <laughs> you too. Uh, uh, cheers. Really appreciate it. I owe you one, okay? Yeah. Yeah, you do. You're, you're okay, Charlie? You've been getting on all right? Any, uh, any insight into... The um, the condition that we've been seeing. Oh, nothing uh, further now. It's unlike anything I've seen, though it is akin to other um, parasitic um, life that I've seen before. It's just um, well, I- I've never seen it uh, take root in so many different species at once. Often one um, river feeding creature, they go, they have some, and then that comes into their um, their system and it starts to, starts to alter the genetic makeup of that individual creature. But I've never seen it um, inhabit so many different species at once. It really makes you wonder about the biology. It's just so totally different that, um, uh... No, 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 so that's just all of it going way over Sylvie's head. Oh, then she just goes, oh, um... I don't know yet. 
I'm sure you'll figure it out. You seem uh, very, very smart. You know, if, if you ever get lonely there in that wagon, come by ours one night or another. We'll get drunk, play cards. It'll be fun. Plume too. I don't drink, but I'd love to play cards. When you're with me, you drink. <laughs> well, see it soon. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvie laughs in character. She likes teasing people, and she saunters off and... Uh, we don't have to do it now, but she intends to eventually present Marvin with this root who asked for it as like a magical catalyst earlier on. Can you remind us what the root does? <clears throat> I don't think I know. I grilled Marlin when I was very panicked about the incoming Carmon gang. And I was like, can you do spells? And he basically was like, I need materials, for example, this root. And I was like, okay, I'll look for this root. Uh, okay, so you all set up. Your marching order last time, by my account, was... Uh, starting from the front to back, Roddy Marlin, Sylvie, Fabio Paz, Nicolai and Cheyenne, Chorley, Jolie, Diane, Ben and Carla, Zeke, Nomi, Hilda, Tulip, and Dor. I think you mean Jolie, Diane, and Keel. All right, you head through the swamp. Uh, the terrain right now is a little bit better than it has been before, so you make good time for the first half of the day. Eli, roll me perception, please. Okay. 23. Nice. I was going to say Diane, because Diane is a little bit more, uh, we'll probably be a bit more in her elements than a lot of people here. And I think that Diane's going to pick up on kind of way into the foliage and stuff. There is more of these wandering eyes kind of watching you. It feels like at this point, unlike before, that the forest itself is turning in on you. Meaning like Diane would notice that a stray bird in a tree seems to be now watching you quite diligently rather than just looking around. There are like smaller figures, even down to like the insects. Everything seems to be more attuned to the presence of the caravan than it was prior, you know, obviously rather eerie way. It's as if itself as one giant entity is starting to perceive you. You continue on for a while, you're probably I mean, I'm, what was the, did I say 12ths? What was I using before for how much of the swamp you had traversed? You said like we were, we were like one eighth through or something. No, we're going to say that now you're like. Seven eighths? Like six or seven eighths, you're getting there. So yeah, you can wipe your brow a little bit. You guys are making it happen. Keel all the while uh, is helping navigate um, a couple times on the routes. He's just like, has made you aware to watch out for this or watch out for like this river, this body of water does hold more polywogs. We should perhaps go this slight way around. Nothing that's like worth, you know, really getting too into, but he's already showing his worth a bit, at least in navigating the forest and is contributing actively to make sure that you guys get out of there okay. You come to an area that Keel seems to be unaware of, as if the forest itself has changed in a way, not as if, the forest has changed in a way that he is unfamiliar with. And you all are starting to become aware of this being in the center, being subsumed by this forest itself, that you are in the belly of the beast now as you get towards the end of it. The ground itself starts to shake lightly, like a very light tremor, in a way that as it happened before, because the calamity itself, as you guys have noticed at time to time, kind of shakes the continent itself. So this feels akin to that, but it lasts a bit longer. And that kind of makes you perk your eyebrows up for a second, of course. And then it settles and you continue on. Everyone's on alert at this point. But what you all will hear from the back of the caravan, it's none other than Tulip himself going, Nyah! damn it, get it out, get it out. From one caravan over like twirling and fully hear Jolie sighing. <sighs> Tulip's two wagons are, the wheels are buried in mud. <laughs> let's go, let's go. <laughs> After that tremor, the ground itself started to maybe, I don't know if it, shook loose some more moisture sapped up into the ground you're at but either way he's shouting at his men to get these wagons out as again you can feel this the hairs on your neck are starting to stand up i mean even if you don't have your spidey senses on everyone's starting to be aware that 
the forest is turning in and he and both of his um, wagons are presently stuck in the mud. Pull it! Pull it! Dor yells at his men. You're the caravan in front of his. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's your responsibility. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm at the other end. Damn. God, do I not want to help him. I've already, like, tried to talk to him, like, twice. It's not a good time to stop or slow down. I don't like the looks of this. My caravan's heavy, too. I think from the front, you'll see Roddy marching back towards it. Oh, fuck. He takes a sledgehammer. Seriously. <laughs> Is anyone going to say anything? Do anything? Yeah, let's... No. Oh, I hate to let... I want to see how it plays out for Jolie, at least. I will approach. I will approach the scene. Jolie's watching a little from afar. I'm right there. I am just right Roddy around. is reluctantly helping. Uh-oh. Roddy, you have to understand, Roddy is about the caravan. Yeah, for whatever personal vendettas she has and stuff. And in her mind, it's like, look, even if you were to kill all of Tulip and his men, the thing that is stuck is not just Tulip. It is two wagons full of supplies for your journey. And so she is, in fact, next to Dor, <laughs> pulling at these ropes to try to get it out. I mean, they are not talking. They are not interacting. They're not, you know, uh, best buds now. But Roddy is is immediately and is probably at this point trying to get everyone to go because Roddy is very concerned. Let's lighten the load and take some of the supplies out of Tulip's wagons. Yeah. Let's. And put them in our I, wagons. I love that. Yeah, that's a great solution. <laughs> and then keep them in our wagons and not in Tulip's wagon. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so you descend on Tulip's wagons and you start to attempt to take his stuff. His wagon is too heavy. It's sinking into the mud. Uh, that's fair. Jolie will say, I think. We'll spread the load out across the caravan, but some of it counts as interest, Tulip. We'll help you get it out of the mud, too. Well, then we don't, we don't, I don't need your help then. Keep your grimy hands off my stuff. Okay, peace. <laughs> Get pulling. Yours? Yeah. If you need me and you want to come bring a nice wine to my caravan, I'll see you there. And I walk back. Roddy has convinced like Ben to help. Ben is also pulling at it. We can't be stopping here. Another little tremor in the ground. Like, I know, I know we should just get this fucking wagon out and get the fuck out of here, but I can't. I, like, really don't want to help him. Especially if you said that to him and that was his reaction. Yeah, get pulling. Yeah. That's that's cool. He's a cool guy. Actually, this isn't even hard to see. You're going to see that some of those shambling figures in the distance, so they're starting to slowly... You'll start to see through through the gaps in the trees some movement that is coming closer. Well, we're not even outrunning it with the caravan if we leave. The caravan walks is slower than we walk. Mm-hmm. Like, we're fighting anyway. Well, if you really were to, like, like you know, you guys are not whipping the horses or whatever to go, like, all the way. Because, I mean, the swamp has kind of made it you have to move slowish. But, like, yeah, like, you can, you can move faster than that. Roddy, tell him to let us lighten his wagons. Roddy, okay, Roddy goes up to goes up to Tulip and is like, if you don't lighten the low, you'll damn us all. And Tulip looks at her, sitting up in his wagon, not helping, by the way, uh, and is like... He has to keep his satin slacks and his spats clean. He's like, if they want, I'll pay them to work, but I'm not giving them anything. And upon that, and in, again, in being aware of all this, Roddy pulls pulls her blade from its sheath. <laughs> she points it to That's him. That's my president. <laughs> she points it to him. And then in unison, Dor and the three other guards also drop it. And they also unsheath their swords. And they point them at Roddy. And there's a good old standoff right now. And what? nothing's getting pulled out of the mud. Like, why is Roddy fighting? Just leave. Yeah, we don't have time for this. Leave them behind. Take them. Take the supplies. <laughs> We're about to fight. Like, if Roddy's gonna fight them, I'm gonna join her. Agreed. I'm gonna reach and grab for like a couple of bags of tulip shit. I'm gonna stand next to Roddy, um, and so is Diane, and I'm gonna ask Keel to grab some stuff and put it in our caravan. I don't think we have time for any of this. I just wanna keep moving. Roddy's in the front. We're not moving till she is. You you both have gone in, you're trying to grab something? I'm not. Keel, I asked Keel to get stuff for us. Not Keel. 
No, I'm standing next to Roddy though. Keel doesn't really know what to grab, so Keel will come out with like some like like random silks. And... Food, food. Well, I mean, he's already grabbed his silks. <laughs> he comes back with the silks. Like, what? did you also grab the something, Jesse? Yeah, I'm not. I don't think Sylvie is like. I'm gonna loot. It's like I'm taking stuff. If Tulip gets it back or not, I don't really care. We obviously need to move. So she's grabbing heavy stuff, really, yeah. and trying to get it out of this fucking wagon to get it out of the mud. All right, you grab some like mutton. Get one food. Okay, I look at Diane. Tell her to get food. As Diane is walking over, of the fight breaks out. Roddy and Ben on like one side right now, and they're fighting these guards, and they're being a little bit overwhelmed, especially with Dora there as well. There is a full-on fight in the mud. They're like falling around, and no one's even trying to get the, the wagon pulled out right now. Uh, you can go around and get also if you want some. You want some mutton? Yeah, I told Diane to get some. Get some mutton plus one food. Got some mutton. I need food too. I'm not saying this to them, they're fighting. I'll say it to you guys, I guess, but like, this caravan needs to move. The only person who's really suffering from refusing to move is Tulip. The, like, we just have to get this caravan moving. Roddy will catch up to her caravan by running. Yeah. Like, this is not our problem. This makes Sylvie so mad. She's gonna just like poke her head out of Tulip's wagon and just scream at them in the mud. See sense or I'm telling Marlin to move the caravan now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ground erupts fully, and pluming from the ground are vines, tendril-like vines that come up and encase not Tulip's wagon, not Zeke's wagon, not Ben and Carla's wagon, not Julie's wagon, but Chorley's wagon gets wrapped around in these vines and a giant stone-like creature emerges from the ground. And the vines themselves start to like, they're long tendril-like vines connected to the trees around, like this this massive rooted creature. It is, it's massive, absolutely massive. And it's just burst through, some of the trees around it have fallen, luckily not on you, but around you are now in this, this arena of, of chaos. I guess roll for initiative. Fucking three. 10. Six. Before we go, Zika points at this creature and says, so are you going to help with this or are you going to keep sitting on your ass? Nice. Chaos uh, has now fallen upon your caravan. Combat starts, but also what is happening is that the way this is kind of going to go down is that your guy's primary target is the heart of the forest, this main creature that's come and taken over Chorley's wagon, essentially. But those same shambling, uh, it's basically like there are... More bullywogs that are they're like half half stone half like also like <laughs> they're also half stone half pluming with with vines. There are uh, bodies of men that are walking towards you also have stone pluming with vines. There's just like all these things that have been in this forest are now shambling towards you. And so um, right now at Tulis Wagon. Everyone's still fighting, but in the other ones, they're like seeing these creatures come. And so basically what will be happening is that they're keeping them at bay while you can focus on the primary thing. So there is a conflict of the entire wagon. They're taking care of the ads. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that may, you know, some of them may break through or whatever, but in terms of like what's happening in the turn order, it's you guys and this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. let's, let's, uh, let's do it. Well, the heart of the forest is actually up first. Wonderful. On its first turn, it's basically, it's emerging. You see its bulk come all the way from the ground. It does take a moment, but it's vines, what was just a few, like three or four that wrap around, very thick, like roots of a tree wrap around um, Chorley's wagon. More start to shoot out, whipping around as you have to duck and dodge as they emerge from the ground. As you see this hulping, it's hard to even call it a creature. It's just... A, a, a living earth uh, that emerges before you, um, Sylvie. I'm honestly thinking about taking this opportunity to kill Tulip. Go for it. That's up to I'm you. not going to stop you. I'm in his wagon. He, his actions have literally directly contributed to this. I don't multiple to- times being given multiple opportunities to not have this happen. Um, did he respond, by the way, when I yelled at him before this? Tulip does um, brandish a weapon. What do you think, Tulip? A, a, a sword cane. 
Sorry, no, that's too close and personal. You might mess up his like a gun. Gun is correct. <laughs> he has like what would be like kind of like a more of like a steampunk like flintlock thing. Let's fucking kill him and take he's it. A, he's like he's a purveyor of goods. He all these people all the time from all over the world come to his place, and he has what is like this rudimentary, um, yeah, firearm. Should I do it? Should I take the L for the sake of the revolution? Listen, like. I'm not against him dying. I just think it's a waste of effort for him to bother. Like, I don't. What the no, like, alternative is like we have this to- until until Astra. There's all going to be so much other shit that his attitude is going to make worse for us. I'm not opposed to you killing him. Jolie's not going to help you because I think if we leave his caravan, he's going to die. Roddy doesn't want to leave his caravan. Well, she probably will when we take all the shit. He's not going to let that happen. We already took uh, like th- at least three days of food. I mean, you can kill it. Follow impulses. Go ahead and like, like yeah, 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 yeah. You, follow whatever impulse you have. You're going first. You're not talking to us about that's it. That's true. No, I know. Yes, that's fair. In Sylvie's mind, it's like this is just like this is happening then because kill he's him. Like, yeah. I'm in his wagon. He doesn't know that I'm going for him. He's obviously distracted by this like crazy forest stuff, and so am I. I think this is like another panic moment for Sylvie, which it turns out she's very. Um, she runs hot and cold, and this is just like, you've literally doomed us all, you maniac, you idiot. And she wants to go and stab him with a dagger. Okay, roll the attack. You, what, you like kind of sneak, in all the chaos, you come up, what, behind him? Or Surely he's looking anywhere else but besides like me and his wagon holding mutton. Yep. I feel like if anything, I get sneak attack damage here. That is a 21. Okay, okay roll damage. Sneak attack, boss? Sure, yeah. He's so unaware of me. That's eight points of piercing damage to Tulip. Uh, what do you wield again? This is just, I don't think I had like my full kit on me, so I was just doing my dagger. That's fine. Uh, you skulk up behind Tulip in your wagon, and you go to plunge your dagger into it, straight into the nape of his neck. I don't like go to. No, you go to because the the heart of the forest emerging, that same like tremoring, does make you lose. It, it does have like a moment where it shakes. You somewhat lose your footing, but you do plunge it very, very deep into like where his shoulder connects to his like torso. And I think that even just like in how deeply you gouge it, it like you probably can't even like rend the dagger from it. It's like probably sticks out the other end. So minus one dagger. I'm gonna say minus one dagger. <laughs> His arm immediately loses any like function. Like it just goes limp at his side from from you doing that. Talk shit, get hit. Nice. What's his reaction? Uh, screaming in pain. Uh, he's not someone that is very, as you can imagine, used to consequences and violence. And so this is a pain that he probably has never known before. He kind of like, he screams in pain and then sits there staring at you in just pure confusion, both confusion at what you've done and confusion that the fact that this could have happened. He's definitely gonna shoot me. I hope I got his gun hand. You did not get his gun hand. <laughs> it's nice knowing you guys. That's my turn. This is like a giant rock demon. Yes. It's I like, have it's like, a short sword. I will say that it, so it's, it's not all rock. It has lots of like more, it's, I would say it's like fleshy bits, but it's more, it's like leafy bits that obviously something could like plunge through. It does have like a head of sorts, but it's just like kind of morphed into this like spherical grassy body that it has. May I climb it? You certainly can, yeah. I wanna try and climb up it so I can get like, cause I really don't have any melee uh, ranged whatsoever. So I wanna like get up there so I can hack at vital looking fleshy bit. All right, athletics. This was not like a move of stuff I'm good at. This was, I want to climb a guy. I love that. I love how often you do that. Truly, it's amazing. Oh, you, you mean go against my interests? It's fantastic. I love it. You follow your instincts. It's also, again, akin to like the what we're trying to do with the narrative. Like you're level one, now two. Like you still are figuring out what you're good at. She's level two. Sorry. Athletics. Stop diminishing women's achievements. For oh, like that's a 20. Five. Unbelievable. It's a 20? Yeah, I rolled an 18 plus you two. Uh, I think that you'd probably have to Use the short sword in a classic, like going into the more like wood or leafy bits to be able to actually climb up. Let's say you find like a, a bit that is like slightly glowing. It's like yeah. a greenish hue and you want to just plunge a la Shadow of the Colossus into it. Okay, we'll roll attack. Mm-hmm. Is it, if we look at this on a macro level and we come out of this and go, we killed the heart of the forest, that makes it sound bad. Yeah, it does. Anyway. 
<laughs> oh, that was a natural one. Oh, one? Um, you fall. fall. <laughs> no, it's just an attack. So I say that perhaps you pull your sword out and you you grip onto a more like viney bit with your other hand. And when you go to plunge, the same type of sh- tremor that shook um, Sylvie earlier also throws you like away from it. And you miss that glowy portion and instead just, you know, stab a, a more like wooden uh, portion. It doesn't really have much of a reaction. Okay. I'm going to use Toll the Dead. Okay. My DC is 16. Okay. Yep. Um, has he taken, does he have his full amount of damage? Or full amount of health points? Does he have his full amount? Yes. Okay. That's 1d8. Three. Uh, at this point now, the caravan, everyone's drawn their attention to what is the greater threat, which, well, except for Sylvie, which is... <laughs> <laughs> She's different. All these shambling creatures coming towards them. So even like Roddy and Dora have ceased their fighting. Ben has like immediately gone to find Carla and is fighting off some of them as they come in. Basically, you've made like... Uh, a phalanx of like your wagons and your uh, your allies that are now keeping all these other creatures at bay while you focus on this this main one. That said, I think Dor in hearing uh, Tulip is though not far away is going to be coming to him. Um, um, so he honestly probably hops up into the, the wagon. So now um, Tulip. Knife through him, you unarmed, and Dora is beside him trying to get a read on the situation. Top of the order. Part of the forest. Part of the forest. What's your AC, Jesse? Um, a million. It's 13. Uh, can I get some D4s? Can I get three of them? Ooh, no, I don't think. You can have two of them. Two's fine. Two's fine. Thank you. Nice. I saved you a dice of damage. You're welcome. Cheers. Okay, uh, you take uh, five points of damage as a vine whips through the canvas of the side of the uh, of the wagon. It wraps itself around you because you're sm- you were medium or medium or small. I'm medium, and it pulls you. Oh, you're out of that situation now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta go. Heart of the Forest is calling me. <laughs> Brb. <laughs> we can talk about this later. <laughs> Grabs you, you're removed from the situation because you get pulled through that same tear. tear. You get pulled 10 feet into the mud. Um, you are grappled. The escape DC is 15. I forget how that works. It's like on your turn you have to? On my turn, I think I can make a check to escape grapple. Uh, until this grapple ends, the target's pulled 10 feet towards the towards the heart of the heart of the forest at the start of each of its turns. Da-da-da-da. Another one whips out at Jolie. What's your AC? Uh, also a million. That's so weird. Yeah, you take four points of damage. You are also grappled by a vine, and you're pulled ten feet towards it. If you can make that kind of reflected on the board here, okay, silly. I mean, we're fucked. I kill myself. D- DC fifteen. It it's like well, you uh, luckily you let tulips fucking clavicle take my dagger from me, so I've got actually nothing but mutton. And I'm being fucking Mary Janeed in the air by Doc Ock. What do you want me to do? Jordan? I don't know. Eat the mutton. <laughs> it's like Popeye kind of mutton. Okay, well, roll your DC. See if you're still getting dragged through the mud. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Do I do that at the beginning of the turn or the end? I think it's the beginning. Is this? I feel like in 5e I can choose if it's athletics or acrobatics. Is that right? Uh, I'm about that. Sure. I mean, I think it would be like a strength, but whatever. It's fine. Because I do be athletic, and that's a 16 athletics roll. You, uh, I don't know how you break out, but you do. (laughs) I bite it. Yeah, you just like struggle hard against it, and perhaps um, the initial uh, binding that it has when it whips you, it kind of goes less taut. It gets a bit loose, and therefore its grip around you, like as soon as you land in the mud, is actually a little bit looser, and you quickly and adeptly take that opportunity to like writhe yourself out of it. This this seems bad. This seems bad. This seems bad um, and like hard to kill. And like, what is it? And is there like any sign of Chorley? Is she presumed to be in her wagon? Right now she is presumed to be inside of her wagon. Because that's not good. Not great. Sylvie will try to run up to Chorley's wagon. And if there's any exposed like cloth siding anywhere that she could conceivably slash through, she wants to try to get in and try to rescue Chorley. Yeah, you, know, you can just you run over to the wagon, dodging some of these vines as they whip near your head, and you cleave open some of the canvassing on the side of Chorley's wagon. Inside, you see Chorley um, 
uh, hunched over, trying to stay away from the vines that are there, but also like in a mortar and pestle, like pestle, sorry, like crushing some stuff up. Like she seems very busy with something. Is it interesting and valuable narratively to say that I can like use my action here to try to attack the vines that are pestering her and like a sister in her weird science? Sure. That's a 15 with a short sword. That is not gonna hit your your vine or your sorry, your sword kinda like you go to cut and it, it's I don't know if the blade's not sharpened enough because Zeke's not been working on it or something, but it doesn't cut through. Chorley, does this need to be happening in here right now? Yes. I guess I should have expected that. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me. Okay, so I want to do two things. One of them is try and attack this thing again. I also want to call Tequil and ask him to try and poison this thing. All right, give me another check. Um, that is a 15. Okay, you make it to the top. You're standing over what you believe to be the eyes of this thing. It has this like, it's kind of like a two parts of a snowman, except if you imagine it as more of like nature. It's like, it's like, it has a small kind of like um, circular head appearing thing, but it's just like another uh, collection of leaves and bark on top of what is the main bulk of its, of its body. Do I get to? You absolutely do, yes. Ooh, 20. Okay, that's a hit. You're gonna roll double damage. But it wasn't a natural 20. I know, you're gonna roll double damage. Ooh. You're taking its weak point for massive damage. Um, that's a six. Nice. And another six. Oh my. So 12 total? Yeah. You smash your hammer down on the, uh, this like collection of bark and, uh, and leaves and you just smash and crack this bark. It starts to give way. It still holds together because it's a very firm piece, but, um, the creature itself wails in, in reaction to that. Um, Jolie. Now it's taking damage. Um, so I'm going to toll the dead again. Mm -hmm. So give me a roll. Heart of the forest. Yeah. You have to struggle. You have to struggle though. You're grappled. So sorry. How does this work? How, what am I howing at? How you have. Uh, what am DC, I howing at? DC, fifteen strength save, I believe. Oh no! Fucking way! I hit this. Fail. Big fail. Okay, so you're being like pulled, and you're just holding that gaze. It's kind of hard. Uh, okay. Uh, well, it failed. So. It's one d twelve because uh, they took damage. That's a six. Okay. You get pulled closer to it, another 10 feet. Plume erupts from the hole that um, Sylvie made in the side of Trolley's wagon and comes and bites on the vine that is starting to encase you. You see uh, blue flame start to fill its mouth and it starts to cinder the, the edges of it. However, he's a small little guy. He can't really get through all of it. However, you can make a note that your DC for the next time is halved because of the efforts of, of Plume. So you only have to do, we'll say DC seven to get out of the, the thing. Keel um, runs over uh, after disposing of one of these shambling corpses and runs over to the, the beast as well. He goes and like digs his claws into this leafy portion of this creature and then bites into it. And much like Plume, after rending that portion away, he sticks his mouth in and erupts uh, an acidy acid breath, uh, basically just like into the mass of the heart of the forest. Yeah. Roddy is also fighting now three of these various corpses um, and it's starting to get a little bit overwhelmed by it. Uh, you see her topple backwards into the mud and she's still keeping them at bay, but um, your allies are starting to get uh, overtaken by these courses that are coming in. Top of the round. The reaction now, Zeke, is, wow, you really hit my head hard there and double damage is nice, but how about I pull you so you fall 30 feet? A vine whips up to you, what's your AC? My AC is 15. You're gonna take three points of damage and you're gonna be thrown from the top of it. Um, you're gonna have to make me a strength save. Uh, we're gonna call it DC 12. If you fail, you're gonna take more damage. Okay, 21. Okay, it whips you off its head and you 
plummet to the ground, but luckily since it's kind of like a more muddy terrain, you manage to break a lot of that fall. Still knocks the wind out of you, um, but you're now on the ground and you are also grappled. And then similarly now, Keel after doing that gets, you'll see him get pushed away by a vine and is also then wrapped up and is kind of tossing in the mud, trying to get um, out, of, out of these vines onto Sylvie. How's Charlie doing? I guess, at this point, you see Chorley has finished grinding whatever she's doing and she takes this powder and she snorts it. Oh, she's just getting, okay. Whatever got her through she, the day. Is she doing one last <laughs> bump or is she roiding out? You uh, see Chorley's eyes dilate and she runs out of of the wagon wielding uh, two, two daggers. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I'd like to think I helped in some way <laughs> by giving her an exit you through did, which to did. fly out on crazy drugs. Good for her. I will move out of the uh, wagon and with my crossbow, I'll target the weird uh, head thing that Zeke has been stabbing so enthusiastically. He seems like he has more of a read on the situation than I do. Okay. That's not doing it. Yep, your bolt flies past onto Zeke. Yeah, so what do I have to uh, roll with because I'm grappled? DC 15 strength saving throw. Okay, 16. Great, you break out of the vines. Uh, you're just such a hulking uh, presence and you go and you break out of them. Awesome. You said people are overwhelmed. They are, you guys are starting to lose this fight. I think I missed the thing about these corpses or bodies. So they're not in our combat. They're basically like you are being the, remember how I was like, when you guys are traveling, it's like, it seems like all the forest is like looking in on you. Like we're talking like birds are like pecking at like Roddy while fighting, like shambling corpses of men, as well as like bollywogs. Like it's like everything is the forest itself is turning in on you. So they're starting to get overwhelmed because every single thing, the everything that you've encountered up to now in this forest and everything you would encounter is all walking towards the center location where you are. Um, I want to go over to where um, where Kiel um, attacked and hit on that wound. Okay. 21. What's the damage? Five. With that hit, a bunch of the tendrils that were whipping around and stuff, they now... What shoots up them is this petrification. This stone shoots all the way up them and they fall to the ground and then smash into little bits of stone. And so now it's like the sheer amount of tendrils are less and it's clearly in pain for me. Sick. Um, I just got a, I got so many fun new abilities, guys. Uh, I'm gonna use turn, wait, wait, wait. Are you gonna start with the escaping the? Yes, I'm gonna use turn around and break free. <laughs> I definitely passed. Okay, with the help of Plume's little burst of fire, you managed to bust out because there's been now, like, the the vines were not as secure now. Thanks, buddy. Um, they're all focusing on the heart of the forest. I would like to help turn the tide for uh, Roddy a little bit, maybe get her back in the fight sooner or at least alive. Some of these are, like, corpses, right? Like, the you said that there's, like, dead men rising from the ground and to have like died in the forest to fight. Sure. I use my new thing and it's called turn undead. Anything, I say a prayer, anything that can see or hear me within 30 feet has to make a wisdom saving throw. And if it fails, it has to dash as far away as possible. So obviously the birds and the bullywugs are not affected, but you did say corpses. You did talk a lot about corpses. I'll give that. Nice. Okay, the three that are on Roddy do start to rescind. They start to go away, but there are more to take their place. Not, they're not there yet, but you give her some time. She gets back to her feet. All right, cool. Um, that's an action, so I can't do anything else. Okay. I'm free okay. now, I guess. I'll take a little step away. <laughs> okay, uh, you'll see Ben now. Ben is also starting to get a little overwhelmed. You actually see him get um, kind of slashed by uh, just the, the nails of one of these um, one of these shambling men. And then he rends his sword through its skull and continues to fight. But the, much like Sylvie, his uh, sword remains stuck in the skull. So now he's like left with just his bare hands to fend off these individuals. Roddy runs over as well and gets a, gets a lick in because she sees this window of opportunity to aid you guys and is of the same mind that like the quicker we get rid of this, I think it's our only way out. And we just have to get out of this forest in general. 
So she runs up and stabs that same wound that Keel's managed to open up. Uh, top of the rounds, the forest. Is anyone grappling? No. No. Except for Keel. That hole that was there now opens up to like this barked mouth where it has like, well, bark for teeth basically, and it bites out at Keel. And um, it takes some more of his, uh, like his carapace off, like I said before. He like gets this wound on his arm from it. Yes. Takes a quick bite out of him and Keel kind of cringes back in pain and scampers away to get away from it. Um, a vine whips out at Zeke, not either of the two ladies, twice. Win for feminism. Um, Zeke has done a lot of damage. Um, it wants, uh, it's out for some blood. However, what's your AC? 15. Uh, so only one will hit. Six. But you are going to be grappled again, and you are going to take, ooh, a cheeky seven points of damage. Okay. In terms of the size and scope of this thing, I feel like my main, uh, contribution I could make here as a rogue is like flanking and sneak attack damage. Yep. Is it possible to like meaningfully flank the center mass of this thing? I think on the big thing, no, I think that you can on the on all these like ads, which are I'm gonna say uh, as of next round we'll actually start entering the combat with you. Like you guys are getting overtaken. So, so you kind of have like the choice of like you can try and maybe prevent that for another round if you yeah. do enough damage. Because I know they're not like in this, but you know what I mean. Or you can try and also focus on getting this down, but you won't get that sneak attack. This thing's here now. We don't know how much it's got left. I'm going to go for it. Okay. And go for the crossbow attack. Are you targeting the same spot? It seems like Zeke has found uh, efficacy there. Holy shit. That's very bad. Goodbye. Bye. Damn, this crossbow has not always been serving you the best. The bullywog fight I was on fire. Damn, I guess sometimes you are, sometimes you aren't. Um, uh, another, another bolt does not ring true and flies past this, or rather it probably sticks into like a more armored portion that doesn't really seem to have as much of an effect. I wish I got the fucking limitless powder to snort. That'd be useful. Zeke? Yeah, I'm gonna, ugh, can I climb back up and attack again? You certainly can try to climb, but it'll take you two rounds. Okay, so I'm just going to talk. Okay. That's a uh, nine. Okay, that is definitely a miss. Um, and you're grappled, so DC. Oh, shoot. Sorry. It's okay. Um, also a nine. Okay. You remain grappled. So it, perhaps you go to attack and it kind of pulls you down and you don't actually get your attack off. Um, Julie? Can you like buff us, please, mom? I didn't pick buff today. I picked see if guy is going to kill us. Yeah. Is anyone like, is anyone in our party like dying? No one is dying right now, no. Well, then in that case, like heals later attack now. Okay. Give me a wisdom saving throw. Okay, you good? You're 12. No, you're 12. Okay. <laughs> Nine. Okay, great. Um, Chorley, uh, while going... Yeah! Uh, runs past you guys and leaps into the mouth of the beast. The two daggers open, and you just hear her muffled screams and yells. Top of the rounds, <laughs> the um, heart of the forest. Uh, now moving slowly, more of its vines after Chorley does that falling, petrifying, and falling to the ground. The heart of the forest is in trouble. And so as a result, it starts to, it releases its grip on Zeke and it starts to take these vines and try to retreat back into the ground. It completely unwraps from Chorley's wagon. Your wagons are now free. Um, I'll continue to shoot it. Nice, <laughs> good choice. Please, for the love of God, anything this combat. There we go. That's a 19. Shit. How do you want to do that? One point of damage. But, but maybe, maybe, you know. No. Do you get two? Because I got two for that spot. Uh, he doesn't need it. One is all it's going to take. I'm very worried when I see Chorley jump into this thing's mouth. Um, and a little turned on. And if I'm being honest. And uh, I think Sylvie... Uh, lopes around the side of the caravan 
This time she sinks to one knee. She braces her arms on like the front seat of the wagon to actually line up the shot. And uh, she just feels very scared and small. She stabbed Tulip, he's gonna be so mad. Uh, Charlie just jumped in this thing's mouth. She just tries to train on the like weird pulsating head and she closes her eyes and squeezes the trigger. It flies true. It lands in the head of this monster. And then the tendril monster, it shrieks and in tandem, the earth beneath you tremors, causing you to lose your footing. It shakes violently and then suddenly, like a dying breath, the tremors stop. If this creature did indeed have a heart, it has now since stopped beating. After a moment though, you hear a scream of terror. You turn to see one of Tulip's guards clutching at his legs as something creeps up it. They're turning to stone, petrifying. You watch him claw helplessly at the decay and it work his way all the way up his entire body until he's completely consumed and turned to stone entirely. From under his feet, that same decay shoots out, spindling out through the earth, petrifying the very ground coming towards you rapidly and the forest itself, the trees from their base all the way up start to become stone and it's growing rapidly closer to you. Roddy shouts, go! Let's fucking book it. Go! Roll. You're gonna basically be like, are you guys gonna be sprinting, abandoning? Or are you gonna be like, let's go, you know, everything we got. How fucking fast is it moving? It's moving pretty fast, but I mean, I would say, yeah, you're gonna, you're probably gonna wanna take Okay. Well, uh, what would that be? I guess animal handling. I pull out my book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which, which end of the horse is the front? <laughs> <laughs> That's a 10. Oh no. 11. You have advantage. And I rolled a one and a four. <gasps> you guys all whip. You're whipping your horses. You're going as fast as you possibly can. These shambling corpses now turning to full stone. None of them are chasing you. All that there is is this decay rapidly shooting out to you. It surely will mean death. It will surely mean that you are stuck here eternally with this forest along with the heart of it. You all get going very fast and you're managing to escape it, but it just barely, except for Sylvie right now. One of your wheels is starting to turn to stone. It's starting to lock up as you're going. You're still managing to go, but if you don't do something quickly or abandon your wagon altogether, who knows what might happen to you. Um, I have a wheel that's locking up. Can the wagon run okay on three wheels, like a cute adopted puppy? Possibly. Um, do I need the stuff in the wagon? Not especially, although I need a place to like sleep. It is just like stage gear for the most part. Uh, fucking hell, shit. Sylvie and the troop are going to hop to another wagon. Jorley's wagon, because just saved your life. So we're crashing. Okay, you're abandoning your wagon. Time to grab food. Are you going to try to chance oh, to grab food? Grab, uh, you know. Well, there's three of you, so I will say it's fair. Um, we can resolve it after, but basically what you want to do is like, you're like, so whoever's driving is like, I can only do this for a, a little bit more. Just grab and we have to go. That's about the short of yeah. it, it seems to be. Okay, so you'll need to roll me in athletics because you are going to be like full on sprinting to both outrun this specification and catch up to Charlie's cart. Like you're not, you know. Okay, let's see it though. That's a one, one with a <laughs> negative one penalty. <gasps> Tell me, Jordan, tell me about it. Who's driving? Probably Paz. Oh my God, Paz is gonna die. I think that you're, you're, Paz is whipping the horses to get them going as fast as you possibly can. And as this, this petrification is shooting through the forest, you gather all your things and uh, decide to hop over to, to Chorley's cart. You jump out and you start running. And as Sylvie starts running, you catch the eye of Paz still at the, the wagon, who then tries to make that leap, but trips up even on like the reins or just the speed. He falls into the mud and the petrification catches up. And you see the last thing that you see of Paz is his from his legs to his head as he stares out at you, a knowing and loving smile towards you as he turns completely to stone. You hop on the trolley's carts. You guys continue, you, you sprint through the decaying forest. 
its wave of death enveloping and petrifying everything in its wake. That wave encroaches closer and closer on you. The wildlife around you flees into confused peril as they too become part of the singular rock that is forming around you. Your hearts pound as you run faster than you thought you ever could. Spur your horses to their breaking point as you hope with all of your might that you too don't join the eternity fate biting at your heels. Light. You see the light. Finally, it comes through. Finally, you see it, a beacon spurring you forward beyond your very limits. You all break through into the light, the plains of Maloon laid bare before you once again. And behind you, the petrification of the forest is complete. But you hear something. You hear a young voice shouting, Daddy, Daddy. Why are you doing this? Ben Perlu. The orc from Soleil throws his daughter with all of his might out of the forest clearing, the petrification already halfway up his own leg. With one hand reaching out to his daughter, his eyes locked on that beloved daughter frozen in time. He stares at her, imparting a look as much of the years of wisdom a father wishes to part on his daughter. A look that is turned to stone, forever frozen in loving his dear daughter. Ben's entire being turns to stone, the final piece of the sculpture. The great swamp has finally become nothing resembling a swamp at all, but one large stone. You have survived the swamp, and with it, you have seen through the first leg of your journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of Many Realms. This has been our ninth installment of the Many Merchants of Maloon. If you want to join us for the whole ride across Maloon, you can subscribe to our podcast. You can learn more about us by following us on Twitter or Instagram at The Realmscast. Or if you want to support us financially, you can follow us on patreon.com slash many realms. See you next time. <laughs>